Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Randy Harvey. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at thecrossing.cc. Well, good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, you're getting better. You're getting better. Gang, tonight we're going to be celebrating. I'm not sure how many years we've been doing the, the Women's Ornament Exchange I know that we started with about 12 ladies some, some years ago, and it grew probably to 20s and 50s and 70s and then 100, and, and I remember the night that we did it with the 300 women, we, had, we, we fed 300 you know, tables and everything in here, and that's when we realized we're going to blow the place up, so it was crazy that night. So it's over at the, the, the Waterway Marriott, beautiful venue. We were over there yesterday, and it's been there for a number of years, and tonight there'll be well over 500, 525 plus women that are gonna be over there having a great time. I tell you, uh, I was there, the last year was the first time I actually was at the entire event. I was playing there, and uh, man, the ladies partied down. They just flat party down. So uh, anyway, I'm excited for all you ladies that are gonna be there uh, tonight. It's gonna be awesome. And uh, so, and as well, a little, one, one more announcement. I wanna let you guys all know, uh, we, we as a church have a Christmas present. Uh, a couple of years ago, we bought the 17 and a half acres, or we, we, we borrowed money to buy the 17 and a half acres over on Research Forest where our new church is going to be. And uh, we, we, we uh, bought it for $2 million, and uh, we have paid that off. And you are the proud owners, free and clear. And uh, yeah, you guys did that. You guys did that. We bought it for two and a half. It's paid free and clear, and it appraised at $5.3 million. So you're the proud owners of a very nice asset over there. So very excited. Uh, again, still tidying up some final architectural. It takes taken forever to get about the last 3% of that architectural detail all included in the plan before it can go to builder and get a final number there. But bank is happy with us. They're ready to loan money. We have one caveat that you can be praying about, and that is this. The bank will close uh, and guarantee the finances, but they won't release monies until we have a buyer for this place. And uh, so we need a contract from somebody saying, I will purchase it. The bank's kind of, you know, I thought we were better friends than that, but they kind of want to know some of their money's coming back to them. And uh, we've got a couple of folks that are, are dancing with us on that as well. But be in prayer about that because that it just is, it just slows things down. So, uh, but anyway, gang, this morning to open your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter one. And uh, again, this happens quite often. I, I don't know why I even prepare messages anymore. But uh, I had a great. I probably had twelve to fifteen hours in on a message, and it was it was clever. It was, this was clever. And uh, really, I thought they're going to walk out and go, "He is so clever." And because uh, I had it built around a movie and I had quotes from the movie. I mean, I worked on this. I put time into it. And uh, yesterday morning at about 11 o'clock, I was buttoning up. It's like, nope, time to go to the gym or do something different. And I'm finishing up this message and I just get this real strong nudge. It's like, oh, you're kidding me. What? It, does anybody up there wear a watch? And uh, no watches, when you're eternal, you don't wear that kind of stuff. So. But sure enough, it was just like in an hour, this downloaded, just this, just this thought. And let me tell you where, where it birthed from. Uh, but first of all, let me just ask you, how many of you, when you watch uh, Chevy Chase uh, Christmas Vacation, do, do you actually see some of your family in that? <laughs> I mean, some of you are looking at it, you don't laugh at anything. It's like, what's so funny? I mean, it's just normal. Or uh, some of you are, may watch the reruns of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. 
and you see the mother-in-law dynamic and all that, and you look at it and go, that, that's kind of us. And uh, I, I, I got a very strong uh, nudge. In fact, I'll just tell you, Friday, our elders were praying. And uh, as we were praying, it was very clear that the Holy Spirit raised a topic to the surface. And we be, began to pray very militantly, uh, if you will, standing our, our, our gates, if you will, as elders in protection of specifically marriages and family. And we've recognized a specific, an unusual uh, attack on marriage and family and uh, relationship. And sometimes you don't know where to call the devil or just to realize people are people. And it's some of both. But sometimes us people being people, we open the door for uh, demonic activity and he is looking for, for all kinds of opportunity. And uh, so as, as we come into Christmas time, uh, I think expectations are high, desire for family to be close. Uh, some, some of us in the room are, are, are battling some things within our family. And maybe Christmas isn't that, that exciting for you because, I mean, listen, everybody's got a, a, a crazy Uncle Eddie. Everybody. I, I had two. I actually had two <laughs> Uncle Eddies. Uh, family can, can be wonderful, but it, it can be weird. And uh, I, I, I tossed a very, very polished message to put together basically an outline. I, this is, just call me coach today, just coach, coach Randy. Uh, I felt God wanted me to encourage some folks in your marriage and in your family and uh, because there are some specific uh, attacks on that. I know we've got lots of singles and lots of folks. I want you to know everybody will be able to drink from this well. It's the word of God. And our young people, uh, you'll get married someday, but uh, uh, someday, many, many years from now. And, uh, but I, so guys, I gotta follow the, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. You guys are in Matthew chapter uh, one. This is called Hope for a Family Christmas. Matthew one, verse 18 says, the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure, out, figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate or do not be afraid to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived, God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this, the prophecy says. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel in Hebrew, which means God is with us, then J Joseph woke up. Everybody say, woke up. Woke up. Uh, push somebody next to you and say, wake up. wake up. There you go, wake up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married, he married Mary, uh, but they didn't consummate the marriage until she had had her baby, and they named him Jesus. Just want to encourage you, uh, just in very simple, jo Joseph almost threw away a marriage that was the greatest call on his life. He almost walked away from the great, the call to be husband and father. He was this close to walking away from it because he didn't understand the capacity of God 
to work this out. And come on, let's fellas, lean in, fellas. Listen, if you're dating a girl and she tells you she's pregnant with God's baby, what? come on, what are you going to do with that? Like, sure you are. I mean, of course, not only is she mischievous, but she's crazy. And so Joseph was being rational. It's like, get the heck out of Dodge. Try to dignify her, but whatever you do, do not marry this, this person. And the truth was, very understandably so, even though he didn't understand what was going on, he almost walked away from his greatest call and his greatest, the reason he was put on earth, being a father and a husband to Mary and, and then to Jesus, because he just didn't understand. And I want you to know, there's some folks in, in the room today that you think something's going on in your, your marriage or in your family. And uh, how many of you know, family can be trying. I mean, it could just flat be, what in the world? You know, please, I'm getting in my car, I'm driving away, I know none of you. It can, it can have that effect on you. And uh, if you've had that, those moments, please know you're normal. You're normal. Now, I, I don't always understand what the devil's up to. I don't always understand what God's up to. I do know by the, by the direction of the Holy Spirit that sitting in this room right now, some of you are under attack. You, you are actually, perhaps in your, your naturalness, you've opened the door to, to what's coming into your marriage. The great news is you can shut that door. But what's happening, and it's unusual in your, in your family, it's, it's unusual, and the pressures are unusual. You need to know this isn't just you two. There's something afoot. And so uh, I'm gonna ask everybody to kind of walk with me here. Um, the, the first thing I see here, the first point is don't throw away your marriage because you don't understand the plan and purposes of God. Joseph had lost, he had a trust broken with, with Mary. And, and again, who, who wouldn't? You know, you, you, you what? You're, you're what? We were about to go to the movies, and now you're telling me you're pregnant, and we know we haven't, so woo So, I mean, of course, trust, trust is broken. I want to tell you something about all of your marriages, and uh, that is this. All marriages, everybody say all. All. all marriages and all families, all of us have tension points. We have tension points. Uh, and I, here's what I would say. I, I, I would, I would, this is a strong word, but I would say there are places where trust is fragile. If I were to ask you, do you trust your husband? Do you trust your wife? Do you trust, you, you'd probably say, yeah, absolutely, I trust them. But if we got down to specifics, and, and I want you to know it's okay to do this. Sometimes you trust your, your husband or your wife. I trust him with the family. I trust him with the money. I trust him with all kinds of things. But we have a tension point. We have a place where I've lost a little trust here. Right? Maybe I don't trust that you're going to represent me well when you're out with your girlfriends. I mean, I get the feeling I'm not being talked well about. Could be just a suspicion, but something's happened. Or it could be I don't trust when you're with your, 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 your guys that you're not misrepresenting me. In terms of subtleties, little things like that. I know Stacy and I, uh, coming up in marriage, we, we had a tension point, and, uh, and it was... It sounds so stupid now, but it took me 17 years to figure this out. But we, we would be in the same circumstance or situation. I'd hear the same conversation she did, or we'd be in the same group. And she would walk away, and something would have upset her because of the way she interpreted that. And I would look at it and go, what, what, why are you overreacting? What in the world? 
I was right there. That, that's not, why are you overreacting like that? And it, 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 I say overreacting, from my perspective. Let me back the truck up and just say before we get going too far, all of us come from different experiences and different pains and different reasons we got those pains, different fathers, different mothers, uh, different ex-boyfriends and girlfriends or whatever, all, all kind of relationships. And so whatever pain you've get, been pegged with, you, in, you naturally anticipate it. When, when, when you see circumstances, is everybody tracking with me? So you and your wife or your spouse, y'all aren't gonna interpret everything the same. Now, this is now after 30 years. Uh, but <laughs> we, we were in this, and this was becoming like a serious, a serious thing because it was in different circumstances we couldn't get away from, where she and I were always in a tiff because you know the, the tension point was in some ways, I, I, I was hurting her because I wouldn't join her in her feeling, and she was bothering me because she wouldn't dial it back and just, and here's what I thought. It's literally what I thought. If you would just act like me, we would be good. <laughs> I, it's a crazy idea, isn't it? Uh, it's always, and the tension in all marriage, uh, until you kind of, you, you kind of got to get some mileage on you, by the way. Some of you are young married and you're, you're going, we're We're great. Gonna, you're good. Uh, you hang in there. Because ultimately, nothing but two broken people get married. Two people that don't, not only do they not know each other, they don't know themselves. And you start bumping into you about 15 years in or so, eight or 10 or 12, everybody bumps into yourself and your ugly self, I'm talking about, a little ways in. But you start getting the stuff you've been able to hide from everybody. And for a little while, you can hide in your marriage. But there's some, just some ugly us that's broken and hurt, it's gonna come out and eventually your pain is gonna meet their pain. And uh, the truth is, it's your reality so you don't realize you're broken. And so all, all of a sudden, you're, you're blaming the other for pain that you brought with you. You brought it and it's confusing. Any, any old time married people can, can, you say amen to that? Uh, you, you just see things the way you see them. Well, you know, I, I couldn't for the life of me. I prayed and I thought, this is so simple. Stacy. if you would just act like me, we would be good. And it's always the fight because the scripture says the two will become one. And I'm thinking this one. Let's become this one. And we're, we're gonna be great. And it took, it took, really, it took the Holy Spirit helping me. Literally, it took the Holy Spirit. And, and this is what, I, if there was a bottom line and you needed to leave right now to go see the noon kickoff, let me just tell you, the, the bottom line is this. Even though at times there's tension points where we might not trust each other, because we trusted God, Joseph didn't understand Mary, but he did understand when he got a word from God. Okay, I, I still don't quite get how that all happened, and I'm still, this is kind of weird to me. However, God, because you said it, I'm going to marry the girl, right? So God had to, he literally, Holy Spirit had to actually tell me this. Randy, she is never, and that helped me, he's, she's never going to see life the way you see it. And here's the better news. She doesn't have to. There's some more things he said to me that were kind of derogatory to me, so I'm not going to share you all that. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not the one that we're being transformed into, so it's like, let's not, let's not go too far now. No, I mean, in essence, he, he did just say, look, here's the good news. You don't have to see things the same way. Sometimes in our relationships, 
we have to respect the other even though we can't relate. I mean, this is big boy and girl stuff, by the way, today. This is, this is not, I don't feel love anymore. Oh, stop it. I mean, listen, when you love, and again, I'm just gonna throw, I'm gonna throw the kitchen sink at you and whatever sticks, take it and whatever. The, the person you love, you will not always like. And this is not abnormal, it's normal. Some of you are sitting right now and the person you're sitting beside you've been married to and you don't like them right now. If I put a gun to your head and said, tell me the truth, you'd say, I don't like them right now. But here's the truth. You, you, you know, do, do, let me ask you this. Do, do you think Jesus, while he was being crucified by these Roman soldiers, you think he liked them? He liked them? He liked them? They, they're cussing him. He loved them, though. You can love somebody that momentarily you don't like. And again, what I'm wanting you to hear is what normal good Christian marriage looks like so that you don't overreact and think, oh my God, the house is burning down. This is awful. It's normal. You're just broken people trying to find the will of God and you're gonna have seasons when you're both a little lost and you're both wrong. One of the others wrong. It's not about being right or wrong. It's just you're lost. You're broken. You're hurt. So... A couple of things, let me, let me say this to you. All couples, healthy couples, hear me now, you're not going to see everything the same way. You're not going to get, uh, you are going to get on each other's nerves at times. And I got the same amount of amens this morning, the first third. I know you're scared. Uh, it's like, do not mess up Christmas this early. You've got time to recover before Christmas. Get it messed up now. That's the truth. In family life, kids, your parents are going to get on your nerves. And you're going to get on their nerves. I mean, that's family life. That's just, that's just normal. Shut everybody up in the house. I mean, everybody's going to get on everybody's nerves eventually. That's not a time to go, oh, my God, this is awful. It's just that's normal. Go get in your car. Go shoot a deer. Go do something different. I mean, that's, that's how I think. Or go shopping. Do some, Sometimes... Hanging out with each other, maybe that's not the answer, but what I'm trying to tell you is we overcomplicate this and over-spiritualize it. You're not going to like each other all the time, but that's not abnormal. You're going to work through that stuff, all right? To love your spouse does not mean you always like them. All right, so sometimes that, that's just normal. Okay, please hear me. That, what I just described, those tensions, tensions means one's pulling this way and the other's pulling that way, and there's tension there. That doesn't mean there's a problem. That means there's a tension. Right? Problems have solutions. Tensions don't have solutions. There's tense. You just got to manage that. And two people, if you, if you try to solve a tension, you think it's a problem. It's right or it's wrong. It's God or it's not. Sometimes it's not any, it doesn't fit in any of those boxes. It's just tension, right? Take a deep breath. Go mow the lawn. Go to the gym. Take a, just take, back off the situation and come back to it and respect the other person to have a bad day. Sometimes you just have a bad day. Wait, okay. Everybody's scared to move. It's like, she's sitting right there. It's like, I got there. So sometimes we have just normal tensions, and the problems come, and you end up in these offices because sometimes we just overreact to just, to just normal working out, all right? So... I'm just, I'm just trying to help you. Some of you are going, well, maybe, maybe we're not that bad. You're really not. 
it's just, it happens. Uh, so there, there are tensions in kind of normal uh, trust things that have to be settled. And you, I guarantee you, every couple in here, you don't have 15, but you got one or two places that when that subject comes up, you roll your eyes and go, oh God, we're going there again. You and everybody else. So uh, be encouraged, that stuff can get worked out. There's another level of, of trust breaking though. And some of you are here today and, and you're kind of closer to this fence line. And it's catastrophic, catastrophic trust break. Uh, this is when uh, you know, one or the other is maybe involved in a, another relationship. That's got, that's got kind of divorce potentials right there. The whole thing, the whole house is burning down. Honestly, when, uh, when Joseph got this news, that was catastrophic. My, my, my fiance is pregnant by somebody else. That's kind of like, uh, this is not a great start. So that's catastrophic. If you're, if you've, uh, you know, hiding money or misusing money and you're not sharing that information, I mean, almost anything that you're hiding, if it gets revealed before you reveal it, a lot of times that can just, that can be a trust. It just feels so dishonest. There's a, there's a real break there. Here's what I want you to know. Even if you've suffered catastrophic trust break, if you'll build on God, you can recover, you can get through it, and you can restore your marriage. You can, all right? So, so kind of point number one is all marriages, 100% everybody that goes down that aisle, you will face storms. Everybody say storms. Storms. All right. Jesus gives us a way to deal with storms. If you'll turn to Matthew chapter seven, verse 24, Jesus teaching, it says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, everybody say, do them. Whoever hears and does these things, I will like him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the flood came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. That marriage, that family stood the test, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. In this parable, and this has to do with all Christian life, all Christian relationship, but I'm specifically speaking of family and marriage right now. But when you build your family on the, the rock, and how, what does Jesus say the rock is? Not just everybody in here who's hearing it. These are all church people he's talking to because they all heard the word. Both groups, sand and rock, they all heard the word. Everybody was saying, amen, hallelujah, that's a good word. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to go see Beth Moore's Bible study on that. The information was there. That's the easy part. Anybody ever figured out that putting this thing out on the field and making it work, that's the hard part. Those who hear it and then do it. That's who builds on the rock. And if you not just amen it, but you amen it and start figuring out how do we make this a reality in our life. When you do it, you build on the rock. Both groups, rock group and sand group, both of them had storms. Here's what you need to know. Pastor, if we come here and we pray and seek and all that, means we're not gonna have storms. Everybody has storms. Some of you are in a storm right now. Doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it. You're not building on the rock. 
Everybody has storms. Here's the difference. Those who hear the word of God and do them, they're going, you're gonna stand. You're gonna make it through this. Those who hear the word and determine somehow, I'm not gonna do it. You're built on a sand, and sooner or later, a big enough storm will come, and it'll drop the foundation out of your life. This goes for everything. The difference between uh, the, 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 the sand folks and the rock folks, it really does have to do with, with honestly, everybody say hard work. Need to know that marriage done God's way is just stinking hard. I know everybody's wanting to say, and somebody's going to send me an email and going, ah, it's not that hard. I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, here's the deal if you lay down on sand, if you laid your body down on sand, it would conform to you. Sand people live a Christianity that, you know, they take what they like and they throw out what they don't like, they want it to conform to them. They hear it, the things that are easy, they take it. But honestly, you're trying to shape this to fit what you like and how you like it. Man, our churches are loaded up with people who cherry pick what they like and what they don't, and they're looking to have it conform to them. If you lay down on a rock, it doesn't move at all. In fact, if you lay on it long enough and you get up, you'll see that it made an imp impression on you, but it didn't move. When it comes to living this Christian life, on the rock, what Jesus was talking about. If you just read and go, hallelujah, praise the Lord, that's going to be easy. Uh, please, this is hard. This is, this is not easy because it means ultimately you are going to have to die and absorb things for your spouse that are not fair and are not just. If you, are, if you can't forgive your husband or wife unless, you, unless they make it right with me, if they don't make it right with me, it's going to be a long road for you. And if you're waiting for it to be fair, it's just not fair. It's not fair. If, if, if fair is even in your dialogue, get rid of it. If your kids use the word fair, spank them hard. Spank them. It is, a, it is just the most, it, it, it doesn't really work hardly in anything. Not even in football. Not even in a game. Life's not fair. So what? It wasn't fair for Jesus to hang on a cross. Thank God Jesus wasn't fair. It wasn't fair at all. Relationships, let me read it to you. We're getting through this quick. This is just kind of armchair, armchair talk here. Ephesians 5.22, here's the instruction to, to husbands and wives. Wives, submit to your own husbands, and fellas, keep listening. It's not done yet. Some of you go, hallelujah, that's what I'm talking about. Write that down. Listen, honey. All right. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to, to the Lord Jesus. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be in their, to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself. Everybody say, gave himself. Gave himself. Didn't give flowers, uh, didn't give a guilt card. Gave him for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. Now, bottom line here is this. For, for a relationship built on Christ, both husband and wife are going to, over time, you're going to get the opportunity to act like Jesus. And it's all sweet and good while we're in here preaching about it, talking about it, and you're taking notes and reading your favorite books. 
It's a very different thing when, when your spouse does something that violates you genuinely, hurts, it was wrong, unjust, unfair, all of that, and you've got to say, even though you did that, I'm not gonna wait for justice. I'm gonna do like Jesus and I'm going to forgive. I'm gonna work through this and I'm gonna cover you. I'm gonna cover you. What do you mean, Pastor, by cover? Here's what I mean. You're not gonna go, you're gonna, you're gonna cover your, your, your relationship and consider it valuable by not running off to your, your girlfriends or your fellas and saying, you ain't gonna believe what my wife did. Da, 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 da. No, I'm not gonna use my, my time when I'm hurting, and I actually do need somebody to talk. I wanna, you know, I wanna get and put something cryptic on Facebook so that everybody knows I'm a victim and it's a victim of marriage, but I'm not gonna say it like it's all out there. But all my friends are gonna know, and they're gonna all write in a little prayer. Oh, I'm just praying for you. Oh, we're just, oh, I'm just feeling so sorry. That, that's that nonsense, that childish nonsense right there. When you, when you got married, you said, I'm gonna act like Jesus to you. You know what Jesus did for you and for me? You know what relationship, this big boy, big girl stuff looks like? This is real Bible, not play like and you know, take what you like and don't take what you like. Real covenant relationship. Jesus looked at us and he said this, I don't know exactly what sins you're going to do in our relationship. I really don't believe Jesus does. I really do believe we have free will. But here's the deal. He says this, it doesn't matter. Whatever pain your life cost me, I'm telling you now, I'll pay it. I will pay the cost of your sin, and by that assurance, we will get this thing in the end zone. Real, unfair, unjust Christ-likeness is able to say, I have been hurt and I have been wronged. And quite frankly, you hadn't made it right enough to make me happy. I don't like you right now. I love you, and that's with no feelings involved. I just choose to love you. <laughs> but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to forgive you, and probably in eight minutes, I'll need to forgive you again. I'm gonna work through forgiveness, and I'm gonna cover you. There are times when we violate each other, and you need to speak to somebody. Here are the rules. You do not go to mother, and you do not go to Facebook, and don't get all victim-y and you know, pout around waiting for somebody to ask you what's wrong. You and husband, you and wife, you all get together and say, I need to see somebody. Who can we agree on? Is there a counselor? Let's us agree on that. I'm talking about grievous hurts. Uh, or is there a couple that we trust? Is there somebody we trust? Look, consider your covenant. It's a big, big, big deal. Okay? It's a big deal. And everybody gets hurt. Everybody. It's just like, it's like football. At some point, you're going to limp off that field. Everybody gets hurt in marriage. Okay? Don't overreact to it and go, ah, this is, I can't believe what's No. You're just in one of those nasty, ugly season. So just kind of bringing this plane down on this, this part of it. Uh, bottom line, each spouse, spouse and husband, wife, you're going to get lots of opportunity to be Jesus to the other. Can I say this as well? Some of the sweetest growth that'll happen in your marriage, it'll come after one of these ugly, nasty times. Man, it, it looks, being Jesus takes a little getting used to. I don't know if anybody else has noticed. It takes a little doing. This is not like a hallelujah, I forgive you. 
This might be two or three days or two or three somethings. Could take a little while to get it there. But here's what you need to know. Some of the sweetest growth in your marriage is when you have the opportunity to out your spouse, but you cover them. It'll pay off so many dividends in the future. It, it, the sweet, this is really what makes marriage great. It isn't you know, all the sweet and wonderful times, and those are wonderful. It's what you go through together and figure out how to go through together. It's ugly on the front end, but it's sweet on the other side. Some of you are in an ugly storm right now, and listen, just disregard everything you're feeling and thinking right now. It just feels yucky. It just, and it is. I don't even like her right now. Fine, I know. I, everybody has those. That'll dissipate, but start making some decisions, and here's, here's, here's where the devil gets in. This is where Satan gets in. When by nature, we are selfish and we butt heads, um, the devil comes, and, and this is what you need to know, he's an accuser, and he accuses 24-7. He's always accusing. And between me and Stacy, it took me a long time to figure out Satan is always accusing my wife to me. Always. These things are rolling in my head. Something goes wrong. We have a little sour spat or whatever. And I'm driving away, heading to work. And this little conversation starts, and I think it's all my thoughts. Did it again. And what I start to recognize is wait a minute. And it's taking me a while. I realize now the accuser is not somebody I'm opening the door to in my marriage. I'm not gonna do it. There's times where I've had to grab, I'll grab my head like this and I'll say, I take control of these thoughts. I will not pull up a table to the devil and say, hey, come on in my house and just kick our rears. Just, I, and, and I, as the, as the head of my house, so I'm gonna just invite you in because I'm mad. Again, I'm talking about big boy and big girl stuff here. Yeah. This, this is not for sissies. This is the real thing. The accuser of the brethren is accusing me to Stacy all the time. He never stops. And every time there's a little opportunity, somebody has to stop and go, wait a minute. I am not going to join the accuser against my wife. I'm going to join the advocate. Here's the thing. Stacy and I, we've built our marriage on a rock. And I'll tell you, for the first 15 years of our marriage, we didn't have all kinds of materials and Jimmy Evans materials. We were almost by accident bumping into some good things. And it wasn't because, man, we made some terrible decisions and treated each, we, we were normal. But here's one thing we did by accident that now I know is on purpose. We had built it on the rock. Stacy couldn't always trust me to get everything right, but what she could trust is that I would go to God and if he said stop it, I'd stop it. If he said, Randy, you're being a jerk, then I'd say, yes, I am. Or if he said, Randy, here's where to go. I would go to God and get a word. She, I know Stacy. I know she will get with God, and here's the deal. I'm not her boss, and she's not my boss. If anybody in here thinks that by the scripture I read, you're the boss, fellas, you're not the boss. In fact, I'm gonna go and just put it out here. It's gonna cost you more to make this marriage right than it cost her. It's gonna cost you more. You're gonna endure more. If he calls you as a husband to be like Jesus, I'm talking to big boys now, you will have to own, it's gonna, I will sacrifice more for this marriage. It'll cost me more. You fellas, if this scripture's correct and you're to love your wife like Christ loved the church, you can cuss and fuss and slam your fist down and do all kinds of things. I've done all of it, all of it. 
trying to get my emotions under. But here's what I realized. Ultimately, I'm responsible before God for my wife and her condition. Even though she's broken in all this, I'm responsible to get as Christ-like as I can, as quick as I can, for our sake. I'm responsible to, to understand when we're being attacked by the devil. I'm responsible. I'm, the, I, I'm not better than, but I'm responsible to intercede, fight the devil, go for the advocate, call the advocate into my home. Ladies, intercede for your husband, even when you don't like him. In fact, when you don't like him the most, pray for him. It's hard to stay mad at somebody that you're praying for. When you're praying, the Holy Spirit will begin to open some things. He's not as bad as you think he is right now. He's a jerk right now. He, 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 Overall, he's a pretty good guy. And if you'll intercede for him, you'll begin to pick that up. Are we tracking with each other? Yeah. Gang, bottom line, and it's just, again, this kind of armchair coaching right here, but I, I just believed that there'd be people walking into this room today that you need to know it isn't just y'all having a bad time. Actually, the, the enemy has gotten in and he's trying to divide your family. He's at work. So, so come together and say, you know what? Don't like you right now, but we gotta fight together. Not against each other, we gotta fight together. So until we can get to like each other again, we're gonna both be praying and resisting the devil. That's what our elders did over all this church and over all these families. Resist the devil. Pastor, that sounds weird. What is all this? If you're new to, to the faith, the scripture tells us we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and demonic forces and strategies. And the strategy of the devil is to break down the family because when one family comes to Christ, ordinarily, what you're gonna have is generation after generation after generation of people who, who marry and who love God, and it starts hundreds of years of godliness. He figured out very early, if I can separate Eve from Adam, he could see this coming. Then I can break that chain, and he's done a dang good job jumping into the middle of our families and creating all kinds of conflicts because he doesn't want that gener generational overflow. We would have taken over the earth by now had he not come and interrupted that flow. I'm about five generations up, up, street, up my family tree of Baptist ministers. I didn't know that. What is that? That's the blessing of the Lord following a family to the children, to their children, to their children. And I'm telling you, it, it's damage to the devil. We wanna keep our families serving, living on the rock, loving each other, and when you have yucky, endure it. Get on the other side of it, resist the devil, yeah. Joseph almost walked away from the greatest call on his life. Almost missed the call of God on his life right there. Because he was confused and he didn't understand. But he got a word from God, got some clarity about what to do next, and he obeyed. It sounds real simple. But gang, if you're in one of those fights, you need to take a deep breath, get with God, get a word from God, and take that next step, okay? It can get sweeter, it can get better. While we're talking about families here, just, just very quickly, if you were to follow on down Matthew to Matthew chapter two, you'll find that Joseph took his family to Egypt because his family was under attack and uh, Herod killed every baby under two years old and, and he got another word from God as to how to protect his family. Men and women, today the attack is on our kids and it's trying to re-identify them, help them find identity that isn't the identity God gave them. And it's coming at earlier and earlier ages. That's what we, we are on a whole new thinking pattern as to our children's ministry right now because we're, we're shutting the door to all of that. Just parents, moms and dads, please hear me. There's a lot, way more to this. 
But this right here, all the internet-y stuff and all of this stuff, just one practical, and you need to get very tenacious about this. Phones, all the internet stuff is the virus that is pouring sewer into your home and it's giving access to Satan into our kids when they're not supervised. Know where your kids go and go where they go. Know where they go. As long as they're in your house, if they're 29 but they're still living in your house, the, the, the rules are the same. While you're in this house and I'm responsible, I, there will be no, there's no phones with no passwords and private communication that at any time you can't get into and say, hey, if, if it's not appropriate for you to have that conversation with mom and dad present, it's not appropriate. You, you need to be involved in that because there's all kinds of sewer coming through the internet into our families. And gang, it's a scheme of the devil to re-identify them early. We're gonna press for the identity of God for our children so that when this woo, stuff comes through into our house, when it comes into our house, we can say, not here, not here. Pastor, do you know how mad my kids are gonna be? Mad all the time. Nobody seems to be bothered by that. Look, mad's okay, upset's okay. Not happy is okay. It's okay. We're fighting for them. We're fighting for their identity. So kids, cooperate. Open the door to your parents. You frustrate them. They frustrate you. Welcome to teenage life. It's just how it is. It's it's okay. We're all going to survive. We got to fight together, though. Come February, uh, this is actually a part of the series. Come February, we're going to get into this in in great length. I just felt very impressed that today we need to take a deep breath going into this Christmas time and, and go to war for our families. And some of you today were, were really needing to hear a word from God because you're in one of these storms. Yep. All right, let's stand to our feet. Uh, prayer teams to the front. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you are here. You're here and you're speaking and there's some, there's some couples right now that, uh, Lord, just need to take a deep breath and receive your grace, both for themselves and for the other. Words were spoken, accusations made, feelings hurt, insults. Or there are men in this room that said, that, that's, that is it. Not, not another day. Uh, not another day. Lord, for a heart that's just said, you know what, I, not another day. God, I speak to that heart right now, and I thank you that your grace is coming to say, I'm going to help you. I'm not mad at you. I'm going to help you. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're our helper. Help husbands right now that are just highly insulted and the disrespect has has reached a level that they're, they're in shutdown. Lord, I ask for a reviving of that heart right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, for the wife that says, that's it. I'm not not going another step like this. I will not take this. I'm not understood. I'm not being heard. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, speak to that precious, precious wife. Lord, there are men and women that are built on the rock that right now you have a word for each one of them. You had a word for for, for, uh, Joseph and you had a word for Mary. And I thank you that you've got a word for these, these marriages right now. So I just speak healing. Over our families, any door that's open, we renounce the devil right now and we shut that door. We will not rehearse accusation against our our spouse. We won't rehearse it. Not gonna do it. I take these thoughts captives. Lord, I pray for my spouse. Lord, help them, bless them, encourage them, heal them. Advocate in prayer. 
Thank you, God. And we resist the devil. And he has to flee. Has to flee. So thank you, God, for healing that's coming into marriages. Thank you that today the sun's going to go down in a better situation for some lives. That, that it went down last night and it's going to be better today. It's going to be better. So, Father, in Jesus' name, bless these families. Lord, our final act of, of worship is to bring our tithes, our offerings. And, Lord, some families are under uh, tremendous pressures in their home because of finances. And, God, we, we hear and obey. That's what we do. We hear and obey. We build our finances on the rock, and we could be going through a yucky financial time. But, God, thank you, Lord. We continue to say, Lord, I'm going to be faithful in my giving. I'm going to be faithful with my tithe, and I'm going to hold my situation accountable to the Word of God, that the windows of heaven be opened and, and blessing be poured out. Lord, we continue to stand for the Word of God in our lives. We bring our tithes and our offerings, and we anticipate the Word of God being true. And so I just speak blessing over the giving, over the finances, over this Christmas season. I bless this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Find more of our podcasts on iTunes or in our audio library at thecrossing.cc.